and welcome to Mavs Daily, where many days of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Bobby Carella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today, as he has numerous times over the last week, which is great for me because it means I get to talk to him, and it's great for you because it means you get to listen to him, and his presence is a sign that, yes, basketball is indeed back. It is Isaac Harris with the 41 hat. Isaac, how does it feel to have a goat on your head? Oh, I'm super excited. And guys, can we just plug right at the beginning, DallasMavsShop.com? Is that what? Is that the official? DallasMavs.shop. DallasMavs.shop. There it is. There it is. Go to that because I don't know about you guys. If you've been following the social media accounts for the Mavs this past week, this is like, or this week, this is like content week, basically. And man, the social team is just sharing some goodies with the new uniforms and just uh, Luca posted today on his Instagram of him wearing the City Edition jersey. I mean, uh, the hoodie that looks good, the uh, classic, jer- uh, everything. So I'm like revamping my Christmas list on the fly right now with my wife. And I'm like, hey, did you see that? Look, yeah, you see that? So uh, go there, get some Christmas gifts. That is a great plug, Isaac. You're a great company, man. It is <laughs> DallasMavs.shop. All of the City Edition merch, uh, if you live in Dallas or if you live wherever you live, City Edition merch is available all over the place. And I'm sure, like, I mean, DallasMavs.shop has all the hardwood classic stuff. Now, if you live out of Dallas or out of the country, I'm not sure what the shipping situation is. But whatever NBA store is easiest for you to shop at, you will be able to find all that stuff. You got to get it while it's hot. The players love it. Uh, fans seem to really like it, too. So it should be a, it should be a good year to watch the team for more reasons than just one. So we have not been with you for a couple days uh, today is whatever day it is, Wednesday or Thursday or something. Uh, we have not been around the last couple of days. I was at the arena helping get uh, some media day stuff set up. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And all of a sudden it's Wednesday night. And I just was like, Isaac, please talk to me. And we were thinking about what to talk about. And we kind of agreed, how about instead of talking about something relating to the Mavs, how about we just take a run through the entire NBA? So we're going to play a little game. I got my stopwatch set up on, on my computer. I have a list of NBA teams sorted alphabetically. And we're just going to put one minute on the clock and try and rattle off like as many takes about these teams as possible. And, and you know, we'll take turns. If there's time at the end, the other guy can jump in. And we're just going to, like, if you just want to roast someone, if you want to praise someone, if you want to project, you want to talk about a big problem, a big talking point, whatever it is, we're going to go one by one by one by one and trade off. Uh, but before we get started, Isaac, are there any like quick hitters or quick things that you want to say about the Mavs before we start talking about other teams, or do you just want to get right into the action? Yeah, I think we might talk about it later on in the week, but um, if, you, if y'all have been listening to just uh, some tidbits coming out of training camp, but Rick has kind of dropped some breadcrumbs on what some rotation stuff has looked like, and um, you know, seeing the, I think one of the big things We've talked so much about Josh Green and just coming out of draft night and hearing these young guys and seeing these young guys on the team that I think they've done a really good job reminding us that this is a very quick turnaround for the rookies. And Rick called it a microwave type of thing. And so I think that's been one of the main things of like just keeping in mind that Josh Green, Tyrell Terry's fun and Tyler Bay. And I mean, they have six, you know, basically rookies right now in training camp that uh, we could see get some time in, in preseason for sure. But it's just a, a quick, quick turnaround. So, But I, I'm sure some of the other tidbits we'll talk about later on in the week. Yeah, definitely. We will, we will hit it all ahead of, uh, or at least as much as we can, ahead of Saturday's preseason opener in Milwaukee. Uh, and as someone who 
mainly consists off of food that is heated up in a microwave, I got to say, whenever Rick calls anything a microwave situation, it just makes me hungry. And I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to have dinner. So, uh, okay. Isaac, uh, because you were so graciously joining me on this program, I decided to let you go first. So the, the floor is going to be yours here as we hit the first team, which is the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot to say if you're a Mavs fan that has a Twitter account, but uh, we're just going to we're going to try and condense it all down into one minute. So, Isaac, one minute is on the clock on your mark. Get set. Spit off some takes. All right. I don't know if I can I talk soon or talk later. I'm going to go talk soon right now. <laughs> so the Hawks, I mean, they're in the East one. They had to do something to get better. They've been so adamant that they have to make the playoffs. They have a young star in Trey Young. Like, it's okay to call Trey Young good and that he's a star. It's okay, even though we won the trade by mile. But they went out and they spent a ton of money in getting Gallinari and getting Bognatovich, which I'm Sacramento, we can roast them later for just letting him leave for nothing. But I think, I mean, so that's it. Like, I think they obviously got better. They're one of the most improved teams in the league as far as on paper, but they have to figure out what goes on uh, in their front court with John Collins, Gallinari, and all those guys. And you just got to give a shout out to Melvin Hunt, who is a previous assistant coach. Love Melvin. But the Hawks definitely got better this year. They did get better. Uh, as we have five seconds left, I have nothing to say. They got a lot better, Isaac. They should be a playoff team, which is good to see. Good to see. Okay. I'm going to be on the clock now, and I'm talking about a team that is considerably less uh, – the, the fan base is considerably less emotional about. It is the Boston Celtics. Here we go. Three, two, one. So the big storyline with the Mavs this year is KP's injury kind of sidelining side him at the start of the year. Boston's kind of facing the same thing with Kemba Walker. And now I know the Celtics have a lot of depth. They got Marcus Smart, obviously, you know, Jason Tatum and 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 Brown and, you know, all those guys. Like, they, they got a ton of players, but – uh, losing Kimbo will kind of be a big blow to them. And also it's kind of a, like not a cautionary tale, but it's almost like, man, you know, the Mavs were connected to him last summer. Like what if, you know, what if that situation was going on here? Who knows? Uh, you hate to see guys injured. I love Kimba. I love his game. I love that they were able to go on a deep playoff run last year. It was like the first one of his career. And I just hope that, you know, injuries don't give him problems the way that they have guys like John Wall, for example, um, throughout the career. I mean, if you're a point guard, you lose a step, you lose some athleticism. It just really sucks. And so I love a lot of the players on Boston's team, especially Kemba. I hope he's good to go. I'm sure the Celtics are, are primed to make another run at the finals and, and hopefully uh, Kemba can be a part of that. So that's my, that's my Boston take. There was no shade in that uh, opinion at all. Isaac, oh my God, you're, you're getting lucky because the team that you're talking about next is uh, up in New York. It is the Brooklyn Nets. So your clock is starting here in three, two, one. Fire away. I mean, Steve Nash. We love Steve Nash. He gets the gets the reins of this team. That I mean, they have. Assuming Kevin Durant comes back as a semi-normal Kevin Durant, they have to be in title consideration. Him and Kyrie, and this is before anything that could potentially happen with another star in the league that could potentially go there. So uh, they could consolidate their pieces. But even on paper right now, I think they have a pretty solid team. They brought back Joe, Joe Harris. They have a defensive monster in DeAndre Jordan anchoring the paint. And, uh, you know, Jared Allen is still there. Uh, they have some good young players. They got Shamit. I thought that was an underrated move for them uh, in the rotation. But, yeah, I mean, in the East, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they want to be there. Steve Nash as a new head coach. 
they should be a lot of fun, and they should be uh, one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference, if not the whole league. It's a team with like five head coaches, so yeah. I'm just uh, I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it happen. All right, up next on the list, the Charlotte Hornets, and here we go in three, two, one. Maybe the most surprising move of the offseason, Isaac, with Gordon Hayward going to Charlotte. Uh, did not see that one coming myself. I think that he could be pretty good there, but he's another player who's just had really bad injury luck, and coincidentally he was playing with Kemba last year. So, you know, hopefully it can get back on track for him. He was awesome in Utah. Never really quite worked out in Boston. They had a lot more talent around him, and, and also he was dealing with injuries. In Charlotte, the ball should be in his hands a lot more, and so maybe he can be effective. But... Uh, you know, I'm really curious to see what LaMelo is going to be capable of down there. I think that he and Devontae Graham are a really interesting backcourt. And with Malik Monk's career kind of like falling off or I guess never really taking off. And Terry Rozier can maybe play some three-guard lineup with them. But they really needed like a true playmaker. And maybe LaMelo could be that guy. So uh, Charlotte, you know, kind of swinging big with Hayward and still building for the future with LaMelo. Not sure about either player, but, you know, we'll see. And, and if it works, then it could be fun. And the Mavs do play them very early in the season. So we'll get a, we'll get a pretty good look at LaMelo early on. So uh, that is uh, that's all you need to know about the Charlotte Hornets. Isaac. I like next. P.J. Washington. Oh, um, P. oh, dude, he's a great player. Great. Yeah. Player. And I know that you love him very much, but he's a Kentucky guy, right? He is a Kentucky guy. I liked him coming out of the draft, and I, I do like him on that young team. I think I actually think Charlotte would be kind of a fun league pass team. But I think so too. Um, I think so too for sure. Uh, all right, up next, the Chicago Bulls. Isaac, three, two, I, one, start. Yeah, I'm really intrigued what Chicago does because you know OKC lets Billy Donovan go. Uh, from everything you read, Billy Donovan wanted to win. You know, he didn't want to be a part of like a rebuild type of situation again, and he goes to Chicago. And they didn't really do much in the offseason. They pretty much just st st stood pat. They brought everybody back. They, you know, kind of, they drafted a kind of a surprise player for some people, Patrick Williams at fourth overall in the draft. Uh, but they still have the kind of their young pieces. Kobe White had a good end of the season. Laurie Markinen, you know, Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter opted into his last deal and they or last year of his deal. And they still have Zach Levine. So I think it's a fun, intriguing roster. I just don't know what direction it goes. They could be towards the bottom of the East, or they can make a win now move next week and at bring in another vet and try to push for the AC in the East, and I wouldn't be surprised by that either. So uh, I'm intrigued, but a huge coaching upgrade for them and Billy Donovan. There's a lot of teams that are vying for that eight spot in the East. I know that we, we dunk on the East a lot around here, but, like, playoff race could be pretty pretty competitive out there. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, up next, the Cleveland Cavaliers on your market get set, go. So this is a team that has a lot of guards, man. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Uh, they got a Coro in the draft. He's not really a guard, but he's kind of a wing. But the the kind of the common thread with all those guys is that they've kind of just had trouble like facilitating, right? Like they can all score. Colin Sexton Sexton can score. Uh, really came on strong at the end of last year. Was putting up pretty good numbers. I think for the season he shot like 37, 38 yeah. percent. Darius Garland could maybe be a big time playmaker. A Coro can make plays too. But will it come together? Uh, Kevin Love can really operate out of the post. I wonder if, like, I hope that maybe they use him as, like, a Jokic-style, like, pivot guy with those guys running off him and stuff. Cleveland could be really interesting, but we'll see, man. I mean, they also have a lot of big men, too, that are going to be, like, kind of limited with their shooting. So, I don't know. It's really weird. Their season, I, I feel like they might need a couple more young guys. We'll see what happens with them. But 
Uh, as we're talking about teams like Chicago, Charlotte, Atlanta that are trying to make the next step, I'm not sure Cleveland has the ammo to do that this year, but I could certainly see it in the next couple years at some point. So um, that's that's Los Cavs. All right, we're going to skip over the Mavs because we've talked about the Mavs for like 80 hours on this podcast. Uh, Isaac, you were talking about a team that they're hoping to knock off as a conference finalist this year, the Denver Nuggets. On your mark, get set, bro. Oh, man, Denver. Uh, you know, the Jeremy Grant situation, their offseason kind of centered around that. And, you know, he gets a payday, a heck of a payday from Detroit. But, you know, you read stuff, it's like, Detroit, I mean, Denver looked like they were offering a similar contract too. But uh, them losing Jeremy Grant, I think, puts even more emphasis on the development of Michael Porter Jr. And what will he be for this team? Will he be a day one starter for them? Will he be a key? Will he be the third guy, the definitive third guy for this uh, Denver team? And what version of Jamal Murray do we get in the regular season? It's like we get this crazy version of him in the playoffs, but what will we get in the regular season? Jokic will be amazing. Uh, they took a flyer at RJ Hampton. We'll see what that you know what that happened well what happens with that but i think a key part for them is will barton too it, to all accounts he's healthy he's back for them i think he's a key p- piece to their team and uh yeah they're going to be really good they're going to be a top five top four team in the western conference probably but uh denver's still there couldn't have said it better myself and just in the nick of time all right moving on we're going to the detroit pistons ready set go you're talking about a team that has a lot of big guys. Oh, my God. Like, every single move the Pistons made this summer, with the exception of trading for DeLon Wright, was really getting a big man. But one move they made that I really enjoyed was drafting Killian Hayes. I feel like his, like, range of outcomes as a player is all over the place. I'm going to be really kind of intently watching his career. Um, he was kind of the heliocentric guy last season in Germany at a very young age playing pro basketball. Not quite at the same level as Luca in terms of talent and, and, and production and everything, but he was still a really interesting player to watch. I think his best case scenario is like turning into a big-time star, like one of the best players from the draft. His worst case outcome is, you know, not that. So it, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see. But Detroit is just a team. They got Blake Griffin, like, they need some excitement. They got Derrick Rose still. Like they, they could, they could have something, you know. And I think that's two interesting guys to have as kind of like a mentor him, show him the way, kind of thing. And and we'll see. But but uh, the Pistons have some interesting pieces. We'll see if they can put it together. Um, all right. You didn't even talk about Leangelo Ball. Whatever. Oh, I didn't even mention him. Oh no. Oh, God. Uh, Isaac. All right. Up next, the Golden State Warriors. What in God's name can you talk about with them? <laughs> Ready, set, go. Before the Clay Thompson injury, I thought they were right up there at the top for the best odds to win the title, in my opinion. Just coming back, this you know they have the culture, they have the foundation. These guys are going to be um, just hungry to win another title. And you know, Clay Thompson injury is a huge blow to them. Now it's like, man, what are they? What everything rests on the shoulders of Steph Curry. If they have, if Steph has an ungodly year this year and is in the MVP conversation, you know, top one or two in that conversation, then they're, they're for sure a playoff team. But if he isn't that, you know, nearly that at all, then I think they could be on the bubble of the Western conference. But uh, a lot of it has to do, I mean, they tried to replace clay, you know, it's kind of like a great value version of clay and Kelly Oubre. Uh, They tried to do that, which will be fun. What version of Andrew Wiggins do they get? How healthy is Draymond green? Um, And James Wiseman's like the biggest, you know, question mark of all as a rookie, but uh, golden state, they have some questions. Lucid basketball. 
whatever that means. And okay, up next, in-state rivals, oh, the Houston fun. Rockets. It's just a minute straight of just dunking on them. <laughs> uh, I, I love Steven, Steven Silas, and hopefully that situation works out. Poor guy. Because um, any, any rookie head coach deserves you know better than what's going on down there. But the Rockets are an interesting case, man. I mean... Like they could go rebuild mode, and by the trade deadline, that you know they have a bunch of veterans who are good that could get them a nice return. And so, you know, maybe Houston distributes his talent around the league. Maybe they're able to pull off a trade. I have no idea. But if they don't, if everyone just buys in and they go into the season with the roster they have now, they can absolutely still be a playoff team in the West, which would just be hilarious. Like the most dysfunctional seeming organization in the league still rattling off the equivalent of a 50 win season. Christian Wood could just put up maniac numbers playing next to James Harden. So I'm kind of hoping for dysfunction to continue uh, just out of fear for that. But we'll see. You know, and, and John Wall, too. You know, I, I hope he's able to bounce back because, dude, he was such an exciting player to watch in his prime. And, and hopefully he can regain his old form. So uh, that's the most generous I can be talking about the Rockets. Isaac, <laughs> the Indiana Pacers. On your mark, get set, go. Yeah, I mean, what version of Victor Oladipo are you going to get? Uh, you know, are you going to, is Victor Oladipo going to enter the season fully healthy and back to the old Oladipo pre injury? Or are you going to get, you know, the Oladipo who just came back from the injury and, you know, just you know, the bubble and all of that stuff? His value right now across the league seems like it's the lowest it's been in two or three years. Uh, but if, the, if Oladipo can regain that pre injury form, then I think a lot of people could be sleeping on Indiana because Brogdon had a good la year last year. TJ Warren had a monster bubble performance uh, down in Orlando. And then Sabonis, I mean, he was an all-star. Sabonis was an all-star. It's crazy. And uh, and Miles Turner, do they keep those two guys together? Do they split them up? Do they make that choice at some point? But they have a top six, seven guys on their team that if they're fully healthy and they're clicking they're, they're a playoff team for sure, and I, I think some people are sleeping on them if Victor Oladipo is back to being normal. Need more McBuckets. All right. Oh, I didn't even talk about McBuckets. I, how do you, I gave you a whole minute, Isaac, a whole minute. You didn't mention him myself. once. Not once. Freaking Unbelievable. I had to scrap this whole episode and start over with someone else. <laughs> All right, next up. As you get the Rockets and then the Clippers? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just toxic. I'm just so toxic. Uh, all right. L.A. Clippers. Talk about a team that's unpopular in Dallas. Houston and L.A. are probably number one and number two on that list in whatever order. Um, I know last year was evidently not a title or bust season for the Clippers, but this year kind of has to be given all the all the turnover that the rosters had and all the turnover that it could experience in the future. Uh, new head coach and Tyron Lue, he's used to being in pretty pre pressure-packed environments, having coached LeBron in Cleveland all those years. Uh, but we'll see, man. We'll see. You know, they they had a lot of warts that came to the surface in the playoffs. They lost Trez, which I think was a big blow. They lost Landry Shaman, which I think was a huge blow. But they replaced those guys like Serge Ibaka. You know, they, they got some other guys in here. I think Ibaka could be really, really good for them. Um, obviously, has played with Kawhi, veteran guy, been there, done that, won a championship and all that stuff. And so we'll see, you know. I think that they lost a lot of talent, but they also could be better with the talent that they added uh, and also more minutes for Zubats and some other things. So we'll see. But, uh, I mean, if there's one team that finished top four in the West that could fall out last year in, in addition to, like, the teams that Houston and OKC, like, I think basically long-winded way, I'm way over my time. I'm sorry. I'm not sure the Clippers will be top four if they can't get off to a good start because yeah. they got a lot of crazy stuff happening. 
I'm sorry I went way over my time. I broke my own rules. Please forgive me. Uh, up next, hey, I'll sacrifice the LA Lakers, Isaac. Huh? I'll sacrifice half my time. To oh, just do yeah. I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> All right. LA Lakers. Ready, uh, set, swim. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that you look at the title. Um, the title favorites and the people who won the title uh, this past season and say they could be arguably the most improved team of the offseason. I questioned last year before their playoff run, I questioned the surrounding pieces uh, if they would have enough, and they did. They won the title, and now they went out and got Dennis Schroeder. They went out and got Montrezl Harrell. Uh, they went out and got Wes Matthews for like a, you know, a small deal. And uh, so I think they upgraded you know, a lot of the pieces, a lot of the supporting cast. I mean, LeBron is still LeBron. Anthony Davis still one of the best players in the league too. So, um, yeah, the Lannister Lakers uh, got even better. More clutch, you know, more clutch yeah. sports. They got Montrez. Uh, I mean, it's really like to your point. Like we we have about ten seconds here. What would you rather have, Danny Green, Rondo, and Avery Bradley, or Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, and Montrez Harrell? Like, yeah. <laughs> and they got. I didn't even easy. mention Marcus All. I mean, Marcus, oh my God, yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe that was a, too. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. a. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, they just they, got better across the board. They're, everybody's picked to win the championship. And if, if they're not your pick, then you need to reconsider. Yeah. Uh, all right, Memphis Grizzlies, ready, set, go. Man, I don't get enough chances to talk about this guy, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm so glad that Luka is a Mav because if he would have gone to another team and then Jaron Jackson went one pick right before Dallas, I would have been devastated forever because I loved that guy's game in college. I would have loved for the Mavs to get him. Of course, they got Luka and all turned out well. But between him, John Morant, Brandon Clark, uh, Mavs Twitter's favorite player of all time, evidently Desmond Bain. Like, they have so many good young players. Uh, D'Anthony Melton is really nice. Dylan Brooks is really good. They're, they're like, building a team through the draft in a, in a more efficient and effective way than most teams that we've seen, like, in the last several years. I know Philadelphia is kind of like the rebuild success story, getting Embiid and Ben Simmons. And to an extent, the Mavs are, too flipping one lottery pick for KP and using another one on Luka. But, like, dude, with the Grizzlies are nailing every single move they're making right now, and, and they're going to be a thorn in the Mavs' side for a very long time, and eventually they could be a better team than the Mavs. I'm not sure it'll be this year, but that could be happening uh, if, if the Mavs don't keep making improvements. And Winslow, right. some people are pointing out that, you know, Memphis didn't really do much this offseason. Justice Winslow is basically their big addition, that they traded for him. He didn't play yeah. hardly at all. He was hurt. And now he gets to come in and play a key part of this rotation for him. So I like that Memphis team. Yeah, yeah. And, dude, John Morant is he's oh, yeah. so legit. He's so good. Stuck. Okay, Isaac, last year uh, you, you get the last year's finalists back-to-back. First the Lakers and now the Miami Heat. So let's take a trip to South Beach right now. Yeah, I mean, they they go out and they uh you know they bring Dragic back, a Slovenian brother to uh to Luca. They bring him back on a big deal. Uh, they give the extension to Bam. You know, I think we all watched, you know, witnessed the uh, the rise of Tyler Hero uh, in the bubble in this past season. And uh, I mean, yeah, they pretty much brought the the same team back. They're going to run it back. They're trying to keep their flexibility uh, open uh, for the next year or so to see what. Uh, roster improvements they can they can do but uh, I like their draft pick of Precious Achua too I thought that was a good Miami Heat uh, type of draft pick from Avery Bradley they did lose uh, Jay Crowder in that but yeah they got they basically brought back the same squad and they're gonna be good again Spolster is like literally one of the best coaches in the league I think he gets overlooked a lot 
Yeah, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, they just find guys, man. They just find they keep churning out talent in Miami. Their culture is kind of similarly renowned as the Mavs is. Uh Pat Riley's just a genius. I mean, that's that's a great yeah. organization. Um, okay. Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, where do mm-hmm. I begin with the Milwaukee Bucks, Isaac, on this Dallas Mavericks podcast? All eyes, of course, are on Giannis and that Supermax deal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he will be there on the court no matter what happens on the business side. The Bucks lost a lot of players, man. They they did lose some talent. You know, bringing in Drew Holiday is certainly an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, but it cost them George Hill as well and West West Matthews left. And so, like, they, they kind of are like – I don't know if they necessarily are a better team today than they were a year ago. Um, you know, obviously they, they got some other guys too, you know, like Bobby Portis, you know, they, they made some moves to try and get better, but we'll see, man. I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on Milwaukee to get over the hump this year. This is a team that hasn't been to the finals yet, despite having the best record in the league two years in a row. Um, I think Miami probably, I don't know if they got better, but Miami definitely didn't get worse. You know, Boston, another year of experience. Uh, so we'll see. It's not going to be easy for Milwaukee. I, I still think they're a great team though. And it would not surprise me if they have the best record in the NBA again. So uh, despite all the question marks, and there are many. Uh, all right, speaking of question marks, how about the Minnesota Timberwolves? What can we expect from them, Isaac? Uh, you know, the Ricky Rubio deal, I'm all about bringing vets to a young team. I don't get it from a roster fit standpoint. Uh, I would prefer to have D'Angelo Russell as my point guard. I mean, I guess, hey, cool, you can run two guards in Rubio and Russell. I just don't think it's a, a, a perfect fit. Uh, with that but uh, I personally thought they overpaid to bring back Malik Beasley uh, and but I mean everything everything with Minnesota rides on Carl Anthony Towns' shoulders I think he's one of the most talented uh, big men in the league I think he can get better defensively for sure but offensively uh, man he's so versatile offensively and I think that's somebody to watch me I mean he wants to win I mean he wants to uh, make the playoffs and stuff like, I mean, they made the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, but then they got rid of Jimmy Butler. And I mean, right. So we, we, we remember all of that, but um, yeah, I'm really intrigued what happens in Minnesota this, not just this year, but over the next few years. And I didn't, I mean, what is Anthony Edwards in year one? That's a big question. Carl Towns is amazing, but if you ask ESPN, he's not as good as Zion. <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, what did, did they put Zion over Towns? If you read the NBA rank, which you should not, no one should ever rank well, players. Oh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't have, seen it. They have Zion number 19 in the NBA. They have Carl Towns number 23. So, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's a good segue right into the next team, which is the New Orleans Pelicans. So, it's a team that got a bunch of assets trading Anthony Davis and you know, we'll see what they do uh, with that. They get, they got even more by trading Drew Holiday. I mean, they're sitting on like an OKC size war chest of first round picks, but they also have talent to go along with it. They're not like in a complete rebuild. They can continue adding to the team as they, you know, try and climb up the ranks in the Western Conference. But kind of a puzzling thing to Steven Adams. You know, I'm not sure Zion Steven Adams is like the a four or five combo that you want for many years. Like, I think I would like to see Zion at center, but... We'll see. Maybe he can develop an outside game. And there is something to the notion that, like, if Zion and Steven Adams are your starting front court, then you're going to bully teams just, like, to infinity, you know, on the inside, which could be big because Brandon Ingram has, you know, given up a lot of uh, strength on the other end as well. But whatever. I don't know. Zion's really exciting. They got some young guys that are pretty interesting. But we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if New Orleans has the ammo to make the playoffs. Maybe if Zion's healthy for the full year, they can do it. But 
We'll see, but I mean, dude, they they have so many picks in the next five years that this team is going to look significantly different if, a couple years from now, and they'll probably be very good for a very long time. Um, okay, <laughs> all right. Up next, uh, former Mavs dance partner, it is the New York Knicks. Isaac, don't get yourself in trouble. What do you got to say about the Knicks? <laughs> um, I just. They have Kenny Payne as their assistant coach. And <laughs> can I just talk about assistant? Uh, sure. And his nickname, his nickname is KP. And so Knicks fans <laughs> just um, Knicks fans just get to hear people talk about KP all the time. But uh, we could just have a Mavs reunion of Dennis Smith Jr., Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and the hot dogs I heard is really good in New York. Uh, Nerlens signed in New York this uh, past offseason. But no, I mean it's just a rebuild year for them. Well, you know how how good can RJ Barrett be? Um, is what is Kevin Knox in the league? Obi Toppin. I actually liked him coming into the draft or coming out of the draft. He's an older rookie. I, I'm kind of biased to older rookies. I hate when older, you know, older rookies get uh, their age thrown against them. AKA Brandon Clark. He should have been higher in that draft, but okay. Um, but yeah, rebuilding team in New York as they try to change their culture, even though, you know, they can't change their owner. Uh, Obi Toppin rookie of the year. Yes or no. Oh, that's, oh, that's spicy. spicy. I don't know. I, I just I feel like yes. they're going to play. I just feel like they're going to play Julius Randle over him. But that is the tricky thing because they already have Mitchell Robinson, too, and Nerlens. I mean, that's a lot of big guys. Yeah. And but the whole like agent connection, Obi Toppin's agent, all that stuff. Now, you know, Leon Rose, all that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky situation. It's a tricky situation. OK, Oklahoma City Thunder. I'll take this in uh, three, two, one, go. So if there's one team that could be a potential mystery team for any superstar that's on the market, I would say it's OKC. They have a bazillion draft picks. They got a bunch of contracts. You know, this is a team that could go from very bad, which I think they could be this season, to very good quickly. But with that said, I didn't think that they were going to be even close to a playoff team last year, even though I do love Chris Paul and really respect his game and everything. And OKC ended up being maybe the number five, maybe the number four. They like tied with Houston, I think. Uh, in the standings, they weren't far from number three. And so getting Al Horford, like, they could probably help resurrect him a little bit. But new coach, kind of new organizational direction, a lot of draft picks, a lot of a lot of guys on weird contracts. I have no idea what to expect from OKC this season. Uh, I think from, from their perspective, if you're going to kind of, you know, be sort of below average, this is the year to do it because there are so many good teams in the West. And so you could f- still feel the competitive lineup and just lose games. We'll see what happens. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they're way better than I think they are, but I'm not sure how good they'll be this year. Um, okay, Orlando Magic. Isaac, what can you say about them? Ready, set, go. Yeah, I mean, I just hate that they're going to lose John Isaac for pretty much the whole year. Uh, it was just super sad to see what happened to him in the bubble, tearing his ACL. Um, so, I mean, that was a huge blow for them and just really on the direction of their team because – they, you know, like um, another team I talked about earlier, they didn't really do a lot. They're kind of like Chicago. They didn't do a ton in the offseason to really improve the roster. So, you know, they made the playoffs last year, but I think it's a natural. I think some other teams, a lot of teams beneath them in the standings last year got better. So I think Orlando takes a step back. Uh, Markel Fultz, does he continue to have a resurgence of his career? I don't know. Aaron Gordon is even on this team by the trade deadline. Uh, Mo Bamba is Mo Bamba. And uh, I think Aminu is already hurt. Mavs legend, Alfarico Aminu. Uh, but I think 
you mentioned rookie of the year. Rookie of the year odds, some odds that I don't mind is Cole Anthony's because there is a scenario to where he puts up some big time stats and his odds are, uh, you can make some money off that. He's going to get a lot of shots, that's for sure. Isaac, if you had to guess right now, will Orlando even make the play-in game? No. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you, too. I think no. I'm with you. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, they have some veteran talent. Uh, all right, Philadelphia 76ers, ready, set, go. Otherwise known as Mavs East are the Philly 76ers with Seth Curry. They got Ryan Brokoff. They got Justin Anderson. They got Dakota Mathias. This is a team that is modeling itself after the Mavs. Of course, I'm kind of joking, but Daryl Morey is known to love three-point shots. The Mavs love three-point shots, too. You look at all the moves they made, those guys getting Danny Green. Philadelphia is really trying to put some space around Simmons and Embiid, which they need so badly because your two best players simply cannot afford to be below average shooters in terms of percentage and attempts. Like, it's just really tough. So we'll see. I want it to work out. I, I want all the good players in the league to stay in the Eastern Conference and just just beat each other up over there. You know, we don't, we need less talent in the West. So yes. hopefully Philly can get it rolling. But it's certainly interesting, man. I mean, I'm not sure this is what people thought of the, the, the process would turn into. Maybe they thought it would be better. Maybe they thought it would be worse. I would just say if you're a person that's ever like, yeah, lose every game for five years, sometimes this could be what you get for it. And the question you have to ask yourself is, is it worth it? Um, all right, Isaac, the Phoenix Suns, maybe one of the most improved teams in the NBA this year. What do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, I, th I feel like this is everyone's darling of the offseason. Uh, I do think they improved. I mean, they obviously brought in uh, Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, the young two cornerstones. I actually want to add Mikael Bridges to that, too. I freaking love Mikael Bridges. I loved him coming uh, into his draft, too. Um, Cam Johnson, I thought, played well for their team last year. Uh, they they got Jay Crowder uh, to play kind of their small ball four uh, role in Phoenix. I think he'll fit well in that team. There there were a couple moves that I'm not all in on Phoenix like a lot of people are. Uh, Chris Paul is 35 to expect him to do exactly what he did last offseason. I think that might be a little high expectations. I didn't love their draft pick of Jalen Smith that high at 10. Uh, I didn't love their maneuvering of their offseason, too. They could have had a, a decent amount of cap space if they structured you know, their trades and acquisitions a decent way. They could have went after another uh, big player in free agency. But they still improved a ton, probably the most in the league, and they should be fighting for a playoff spot. I agree. I agree. If the Mavs aren't going to be the surprise team in the top four, it might be Phoenix. Mm. We will see. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. I love that Portland has kept the team together. We're talking about teams like Orlando. There's other teams that are sort of like on the treadmill of mediocrity, if that's what you want to call it. And I know Portland went to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago, but it was in a season where they only won like 45 games or something. Like they weren't an exceptionally good team. It was just the West was kind of weak. Um, but I love that they've kept the team together. Making the playoffs is good enough. That's a team. I believe they have like the second most playoff appearances over the last 30 years or something. Like only the Spurs have more or whatever the stat is. I forget what it is. Maybe it's Boston. Maybe it's the Mavs. I have no idea. But Portland is always good. Damian Lillard is incredible. He is the closest thing right now to like Dirk in terms of the narrative of guys sticking with the franchise, just trying to get up the mountain and, and failing, but still, you know, persisting. And uh, CJ McCollum. Mello thought Derek Jones Jr. could be nice to them. Robert Covington will obviously very, be very good, too. And so Portland got a lot better. This is not a team that finished below 500 last year. This is a much improved roster. And uh, in the combination of better health, uh, I, th I think they could easily be 
a top four seed in the West this year easily. I love what um, Portland did. You said what? I love what Portland did this offseason. I thought yeah. they hit a home run this offseason. Yeah, me too. Phoenix is like the trendy pick. Mm-hmm. Portland is like the the thinking man's pick. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, okay. Sacramento Kings, Isaac. Oof. Ready, set, get ready to Royal Rumble and go. Do we have do we have the clip? Uh, the baffling Kings took Backley over Luca. Oh, uh, wow. it took I, I didn't five know seconds if, for you to do that. <laughs> I, I didn't know if we could uh, just uh, play that clip right now, or we could just envision, you know, Luca and De'Aaron Fox on the wing. No, actually, we can't envision that uh, because we have Luca and Sacramento does not. But I thought, I, I mean, Halliburton dropping to them in the draft just shocked me. I love Halliburton in this draft, and uh, he kind of just fell into their laps. Um, I thought it was just dumb for them not to match the Bogdanovich offer from Atlanta. If you don't want him a part of your future, at least match him to where you have an asset that you could turn him into pieces, you know, six months later before the deadline. But um, I, I love Harrison Barnes. So I don't want to say too much about the Kings because Harris Barnes is on the team. Great guy. Great impact in Dallas. When Big he was listener here. of the podcast too. Let's go. Love Harrison Barnes. Um, yeah. I think a lot rides on Marvin Bagley for them. How good can he be when he's healthy? And I'm a believer in his talent, so we'll see. And it's important to have culture guys. De'Aaron Fox seems like a great person, great leader. HB, we know, is an awesome guy. Tyrese Halliburton is like everybody's favorite player, favorite person. So if nothing else, the Kings are kind of establishing a foundation of like just young, really likable guys. And and that could maybe, you know, help kind of turn things around for them, but we'll see. They got his on uh, white side too. I didn't mention that. That was a huge yeah, offseason yeah. before. Yeah, he also plays. Uh, all right, San Antonio Spurs. I don't really know what to say about them, man. You know, I mean, they were like they were close to being in the playing game last season. I mean, DeMar DeRozan I thought was great. He's kind of like everyone's meme, but it feels like people are like two years behind on him because he's been really good the last year or so. I thought he was awesome for them. LaMarcus Aldridge may be getting a little older, but his range is expanding. He's still got a lot in the tank. Uh, getting Vassell, I thought was really good for them on draft night. You know, they, they not making a ton of noise uh, on the trade market or in free agency otherwise. But this is a team that you know, if they get to the trade deadline and they're out of the playoff picture, they have some really interesting names. Um, and then you know, if they're better than we think, then they could compete for a spot in the playing game. I mean, this is a team that has a lot of veterans, they have a lot of experience, they have some young, interesting wings. Of course, Kelvin Johnson. Uh, you know, they, they lost Brent Forbes, but they still have Derek White. They have De- DeJounte Murray. So they still have some young guys who can play. And uh, that's a scary proposition under Pop. You have you have a combination of veterans and young guys. You know, that's a team that's going to win a lot of games they shouldn't. We'll see if it's enough to get them in the playoffs, though. Um, okay, Toronto Raptors. Isaac, what do you got for me? Yeah, what, are we a couple years out from them winning the title? And, you know, they lose a lot of their front court size. And, you know, Baca and Gasol go to L.A., but different teams in L.A. And, uh, you know, they replace basically both those guys with Aaron Baines. I mean, Aaron Baines leaves Phoenix and goes to a situation in Toronto to where they're going to be a playoff team probably still. And, you know, Aaron Baines is going to play a lot. He's probably going to start for them. Uh, but they still have their, like, core four guys in Lowry, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam, OG. I love OG's game. And then they they dished out the money for Fred, Fred Van Vliet this offseason. And, you know, people wondered, was he going to get a huge max offer from another team? Will Toronto let him go? They didn't. They brought him back. They have, you know, their their backcourt together still. They have one of the best coaches uh, in the game. And they they made a sneaky uh, draft pick at later first round. Malachi Flynn, I actually really liked him in the draft. So they'll, they'll be back in the playoffs. I don't think they're top two or top three good 
uh, in the East, but they'll they'll be a playoff team. I agree. All right, this is a brain a brain melter. Better record, Toronto or Atlanta? Toronto. I think I'm with you just from yeah. the experience factor, but dude, they lacked depth last season and they yeah. lost guys this year. So we'll see. Uh, also, OG on a note, I've never told this story. Uh, Mark Cuban used to do stair stepper, stair master interviews or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was right at the beginning of the college basketball season. An Indiana basketball game was on. Of course, Cuban was watching it because he's an Indiana fan. I went down there and I was. It was pretty clear by then that the Mavs were going to be bad that season. It was the year they started four and seventeen, um, and I was just like, just draft OG, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just get OG. Uh, but he got hurt or something like missed almost the yeah, whole season yeah. for Indiana, and so he slipped all the way down to wherever it was that Toronto drafted him. And I was like, oh great. You know, he was kind of the first Brandon Clark and then Brandon Clark, whatever. So that's you want to know why good teams get good and stay good. It's because they do things like that. Yeah. Um, all right. I remember asking Yogi Ferrell when he was in Dallas about OG because they both went to Indiana. And I was asking, I was like, what do you think about OG coming out in the draft? And he's and he literally looked at me and said, OG, man, he has tree trunks for legs, for like thighs. <laughs> and it just always stuck with me. Uh, because he does have just mass, like he is, yeah. Anyway, he's skinny as a rail up top, and like that <laughs> means a lot coming from Yogi because he's like one of the most chiseled humans I've ever seen. Yeah. Yogi's like five nine, five ten, but he would like he will beat your brains in yeah. or out, whichever one. <laughs> All right, Utah Jazz, the penultimate franchise. Uh, honestly, this is like the most overused trope in sports, but like. I don't feel like enough people are talking about Utah. I thought they were ready to take the step last year, and they kind of were. I mean, they gave Denver a huge run for their money, and if they would have won that series, who knows? Maybe they beat the Clippers too. I have no idea. Uh, but they got Derek Favors. They got just got Shaq Harrison today. I think that's a very good move for them. Uh, they just have a really good team, just a really good team. Mike Conley spent like half the season last year trying to figure out what his role was in Utah, and he figured it out and it clicked, and he was great for them in the playoffs. So like He had his moments at least. Uh, I think that they could take a, a massive, massive step forward. Donovan Mitchell, your guy, Isaac, he's fantastic. Rudy Gobert, obviously, is great. Uh, they got Joe Ingles coming off the bench. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Like They have so many players, so much depth, and you need that this season when COVID means you miss two weeks and there's going to be back-to-backs and guys missing games with injury. Like They are built to withstand all of that stuff and still be really good in the playoffs. And so Utah, I think, like is my super dark horse West yeah. contender. If anything happens to the Lakers, I think Utah could be the team to. And Bog- uh, to Bogdanovich is back. I mean, he he didn't play yeah. in the bubble, and <clears throat> they were a Mike Conley buzzer beater shot from putting Denver out. Like that's that's probably one of the biggest what ifs of the whole bubble playoffs. It was like eighty percent in too. It was like yes. an act of God that it didn't go in. And we we wouldn't have had the Jamal Murray explosion. I mean, I guess he did a little bit in that series, but you know they would have beat Denver and then played the Clippers. Like, what would happen? Would we have we've gotten Clippers versus Lakers at that point in the conference? I, so, uh, yes, and they didn't have Bogdanovich, and he's a huge part to that team. And they're sneaky. Everybody's looking past them because they didn't like make a big splashy move. But uh, yeah, I like that Utah roster. There are a few guys too that whenever they say like, "I'm mad that we lost. I'm going to get better." There are, there are only a few guys where I'm like, okay, I believe you. I believe Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. He says that. And so the fact that he's going to be mad this year, I'm just like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. just, don't tell me that, Donovan. Uh, all right, Isaac, finally, the Washington Wizards uh, of note because of a, a couple of recent transactions. Uh, so what can you say about the state's capital? Well, not the state's capital, 
the nation's capital. Ready, set, go. Uh, well, I mean, while certain people in D.C. are trying to get somebody out of town, they're actually bringing people into town. And I think the uh, the biggest offseason addition for them was was Robin Lopez. And now, obviously, they get <laughs> they uh, they get Westbrook, you know, in this deal. And I forgot that he was on the, that team. <laughs> you know, if you just take the if you just take the names, take Westbrook and Wall out of it, Washington turned a guy who hadn't played in two years into a guy who was on the third team All NBA last year. So. I mean, if you just take the names out of it, Westbrook will be an improvement for this team. They were in the, you know, they were in the bubble. It was short lived, but they were in the bubble. Uh, I think this team improved, and I think that they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I think a team like Atlanta, who is like, oh, oh, we're locked into this A seed, saw the Westbrook move, and we're like, dang it, now we have even more competition for one of those last spots in the East. Bradley Bill, I think, is one of the best players in the game, and I, but I think a lot of things will hinge on how good can Rui and Denny be in on this team. So they're, they're a fun team. Interesting young guys. I feel like Davis Bertans is like born in a lab to play in a Russell Westbrook team because he <laughs> yes. can just stand like 40 feet away from the rim and let Russ just like go insane and just shoot whenever he's open. Uh, so it's, that's an interesting team. But yeah, Rui and Denny Avdia, two interesting players. Apparently they wanted Okongwu. I thought he would have been great for them, but he just went a little too high to Atlanta. That's another yeah. guy on their team. My God. Uh, so I think kind of the consensus, just based off this quick, quick tour around the league. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe you learned something. Maybe you didn't. But I think the consensus is like the East is going to be really competitive. I don't know if those yeah. teams are going to be very good, but there are at least a lot more teams in the East that aren't bad. And last year there were, I mean, no offense. This is just this is a statement of fact. There were so many teams in the East last year with really, really poor records, like significantly losing records. And that is not the case this year. They're a lot better. And so as the Mavs, if you're playing almost half of your games this season against the East, 30 out of the 72 are against the East. Historically, you need to win at least 20 of them to make the playoffs in the West. If you mess around and you get upset by some of these teams, then it's going to make your job of making the playoffs a whole lot more difficult. And so just top to bottom, the East is a much healthier conference than it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, we do the play-in tournament uh, based off last year's standings, I mean, Washington was the 10th seed in last year's standings at 25 wins. But like you said, I think a lot of those teams did improve this offseason. Washington, um, Atlanta, like we talked about. And so, I, yeah, I think there's still a tier in the West. I mean, in the Eastern Conference with some of those top teams. But then, I mean, Brooklyn, they were the seventh seed last year. But now Brooklyn gets freaking Kyrie and Durant and these guys. And they could have another move up their sleeve. So, yeah, I think the East will be a lot of a lot of fun this year to watch. As Zaza Pachulia said, nothing easy. Nothing easy. Uh, all right, Isaac, thank you for joining me, man. Any other things you want to say before we leave, or are you uh, are you all NBA'd out for the night? Oh, NBA'd out. We can never have enough NBA. Um, no, I, I, th- I just think uh, the Western Conference, when you look at it as a whole, uh, like you said, there can be – there. I mean, you look at the Clippers in, uh, in Denver last year, finished two and three. We, I could see either one of those teams, you know, dropping down a few spots in the standings. You know, Denver losing Jeremy Grant. You mentioned the Clippers stuff. We could see teams like Phoenix, you know, hop up in there. We could see teams like Dallas take a step up forward. So, uh, yeah, I mean, OKC is probably the only team in there that we're projecting to drop out of the playoffs from last year's standings. But there's a lot of good teams in the Western Conference this year, at least on paper. So uh, it should be a man. It should be a, a bloodbath for the West this year and for the Mavericks. 
It is going to be crazy. Every game is going to matter so much, and that is going to make this season really a must-watch. So you got to tune in to every single game and see what happens because it is going to be dramatic and insane. Uh, all right, he is Isaac Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at Isaac L. Harris. You can listen to him on Locked On Mavs literally every single day, pretty much. Sometimes they take weekend days off. I don't know. They're, they're kind of slacking when they don't record on Saturdays and Sundays. You can also hear him on Mavs Daily quite often. My name is Bobby Corella. You can find me at Bobby Corella on Twitter, and you can uh, listen to me on this show, on Numbers on the Boards, on a bunch of different podcasts. So uh, however you consume your Mavs uh, content, we appreciate it, certainly. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please feel free to leave a like. Go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and follow the podcast on whatever platform. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Stitcher. We're on Himalaya. Isaac, we're on other places, I think, that I'm not sure of off the top of my head right now. But we're there. Wherever you listen, we're there. So uh, definitely uh, follow us on your favorite platform. Uh, And we will see you tomorrow on Mavs Daily.